Welcome to That Vacation Company. Today we're doing another That Disney Hustle episode. And today we are making our way around Magic Kingdom once again. So we have so far gone through Adventureland and Frontierland. Uh, as we've mentioned a couple times now, we're saving Main Street USA for the very end. So if you are venturing into the Magic Kingdom and you've already made your way down Main Street USA with us, uh, you've taken a left at the hub, you've made your way through Adventureland and gone on all the wonderful rides there, then spent your mid-morning in Frontierland, and now as we're edging ever closer to lunchtime, we are heading towards Liberty Square. And this is if you do Magic Kingdom, the Berg way, or as we call it, the correct way. Uh, your, your opinions will vary, I'm sure. Uh, but Liberty Square is a fun area, and though I don't think either one of us would call it necessarily our favorite, uh, this is three episodes in, and we're finally recognizing that one of these lands is probably not the number one spot. It's hard when all of them are number one. Uh, but Liberty Square, while no means last on our list, uh, is not the number one spot, for me, I'd, I'd maybe put it at like a number three. Uh, and there's three attractions here. There's currently three dining spots, and there's a couple shopping spots. So it's got everything that you could ever desire in a land and more. Uh, in a moment here, I'm going to go over some of the theming elements of this land, but I'll let Schnell weigh in here to tell you her thoughts just overall on Liberty Square. I really do love Liberty Square. I love um, I love the vibe of it. I love the classic feel of it. Uh, I think those are things that I say a lot, the vibe and the classic feel, but I don't know any other way to put it. Um, the nostalgia is just really great, and it reminds me a lot of um, just early Disney things that I love, like for me, it's a connection to like, again, like Disney legends, like Johnny Appleseed. I don't know why it just feels that way for me. Um, so I really love Liberty Square. It's, it's right up there with Adventureland and Frontierland. Obviously I call Adventureland my favorite, so I can't say that this is my favorite, but I really do um, love it a lot, and I love some of the attractions here, so I'm excited to talk about it today. All right, so uh, as you are maybe aware, I don't actually, I'm gonna take the back, you might not be aware of this. Uh, Liberty Square is found uh, in the Magic Kingdom Park at Disney Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, but is not found at the Disneyland Park in Anaheim, California. Uh, though, I will say Disneyland has New Orleans Square, which is a pretty fun thing, and we'll make our way through that eventually here uh, on another series for another time. But Liberty Square is only at the Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World. So uh, as you enter it, it's like stepping back in time a little bit to a colonial era of America. Um, the brick-covered buildings are reminiscent of Williamsburg, Virginia, there's a Liberty Tree, there's a replica Liberty Bell, and there's an old wooden boat, also called the Liberty Bell, B-E-L-L-E. So lots of cool things in this area, lots of cool attractions. Um, 
some information that I'm reading here from uh, WDWinfo.com. They write here that this Liberty Bell that they have at Liberty Square, lots of liberty here, uh, was made solely for use at Walt Disney World. Uh, It was made from the same mole, the same mole, the same mold as the original Liberty Bell and crafted at the same foundry uh, in France. So this uh, foundry apparently made replicas and uh, this is one of them. Uh, And it was placed in Liberty Square in time for July 4th in 1989. So there's some cool history for you. And so you can check all these things out as well. Hanging in the Liberty Tree uh, is... 13, R13, however you should word that grammatically, lanterns representing the original 13 colonies of the United States. And this tree uh, originally featured in the 1957 Disney movie Johnny Tremaine. So pretty cool. Uh, We've visited this as well, taken some pictures of it. We've ridden the Liberty Bell once, I believe, Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment because as we've done... Uh, every single time we are going through this um, as as you would enter this area. So as you enter Liberty Square, that's how we're going to take it. So first up is the Hall of Presidents. We're looking at attractions first. Um, so in this attraction, it's more of a show. It's an animatronic presentation, and you get kind of a uh, feature uh, presentation of all the U.S. presidents, uh, a very cool a very cool show. We love it. It's 22 minutes long, which, uh, again, if you're at Magic Kingdom, this is, you know, maybe about as good as it gets as far as uh, getting your money's worth for a for an attraction as far as the time length. Most, most of the attractions are pretty short, but not the Hall of Presidents. So we've had the privilege of seeing this. Uh, each, each president, they update it, um, as is befitting. And so we've seen this with, I believe, three U.S. presidents. We have yet to see it with the current president, uh, President Biden. Um, And from what I understand, sadly, we probably will not get to see that this trip. Um, Apparently, it's looking like it won't be um, reopening in time for our trip in September. So that's kind of a little sad thing because I love to see it with its updates and whatnot. All politics aside, I like to see it with the updates. So um, it's a, you know, stirring uh, program kind of detailing the history of the United States and the presidency and all those things. So I would give this a solid two thumbs up. Chanel? I would have to agree. I love the Hall of Presidents. And um, there's been several occasions that we've been to Disney uh, Disney World to Magic Kingdom and not been able to go into Hall of Presidents because oftentimes we seem to hit it when they're in the middle of a refurb or something like that. Um, so this to me makes visiting Hall of Presidents all the more special uh, because we've maybe only been able to see it about half of the times that we've been ish. Um, it makes it a really special thing when it is open. So I'm looking forward to, you know, like Caleb said, we're probably not going to be able to hit it this time when we go here uh, fairly soon. I'm looking forward to the next time because Olive will be a little bit older and probably be able to appreciate it a little more. She um, 
saw it last year when she was five, and she sat through it well enough, and she knows who George Washington and Abraham Lincoln are, so she recognized their faces. But I think as the older she gets, the cooler it will be because it's like, wow, you know, all of our presidents are represented there, and that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it is stirring, you know, the the music and the video and everything that plays it's stirring. What I, one of the things that I really love about Hall of Presidents is I love to see um, sort of the clothing style change through the ages. So they obviously have the animatronics dressed in their period style clothing, whatever would have been popular for them to wear. Probably, I'm sure they went through the, even the the um, detailed history to even so much go so far as to look at their outfits and look at paintings and look at things like that when they recreated these things. Um, So I love to see how men's fashions have changed throughout the years. And you can clearly see that in the Hall of Presidents over the last 200 years, how that has changed and shifted. I love to see that. Just like I love to to see those shifts in architecture as I travel the country and travel to different regions to see how things look different um, historically and regionally. And then I also like to see how fashions have changed over time. One more thing I love about the Hall of Presidents is the fact that um, even while the current president is speaking or whichever um, is speaking when you're there, you can still kind of see slight movements and things from the other animatronics that aren't speaking as if you were really in a room with all of them. No, None of them would be perfectly still uh, like a statue or a robot. Like they would be breathing. They would be, you know, making little movements and adjustments here and there, little shifts here and there. And you can kind of see sometimes some of those movements. And I appreciate that detail um, to where it almost looks like you're really in a room with these guys and they're making gestures. So big thumbs up, big double thumbs up for me. All right. So next, as you're traveling around Liberty Square, uh, would be the Liberty Square Riverboat. And of course, this is cruising around the rivers of America as we... Uh, talked about last uh, Disney Hustle episode, we talked about the rivers of America. Um, And you can cruise around these rivers in a delightful trip aboard the Liberty Bell. So we've done this once. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, You know, I I do like some of the show, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, um, vignettes. I I don't know what you'd call it. Like some of the little staged, they're not even animatronics, but staged little... Uh, areas around the uh, banks of the rivers of America that you see as you're aboard the Liberty Bell. And I just distinctly remember when we were riding this, because it's a steamboat, a riverboat, getting hit with some of the steam and it being quite hot. So be careful when you're riding on the Liberty Bell. I would give this one thumbs up. My memory of this is a little foggy. I mean, I certainly know that we rode it I just I don't remember being wowed by it. So for me it's kind of a shaky hand, but I would be willing to try it again. I think one of the reasons we haven't tried it again is because it didn't wow us and because time is limited in the parks, we often strike things that aren't that don't wow us so that we can do the things that we really love or try new things, um things of that nature. So I would try it again um just to find out if I still feel so-so about it or if I feel, um, if I find that I like it more. 
Um, so I would be willing to give it a try. My memory of it is foggy. Yes, we did do it. I remember, I remember it being on the top deck and just kind of like being hot and having the sun glaring down on me and just not feeling great about it. So that's where I'll leave that. I would try it again though. All right. So now we're heading over uh, a little bit further in Liberty Square to one of, I think, one of the most popular attractions in Walt Disney World, and that is the Haunted Mansion. So the Haunted Mansion was an opening day attraction at Magic Kingdom in Walt Disney World, and it's part of Liberty Square. And it does vary slightly um, from the attraction at Disneyland. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the theming is is similar. A lot of the ride is similar. But there are just a couple extra scenes. And uh, this lovely ride, um, you know, is famous for such phrases and things as the 999 happy haunts. You know, are you ready to join them? That's number 1,000. Uh, you ride. It's a dark ride, of course. I mean, why wouldn't the haunted mansion be anything but that um you know and you're riding through in an omni mover type of vehicle which they call doom buggies um and it uses a lot of audio animatronics and it uses some really you know at at its time uh innovative technology um you know it uses some smoke and mirrors quite literally uh to kind of trick you into what you're seeing but it is a really cool attraction um, I think I technically like it better than Chanel likes it, and uh, it's anywhere, depending on which park you go to. Um, it is anywhere from 5 minutes and 50 seconds to 8 minutes and 20 seconds. So, as I said, this was an opening day attraction at Magic Kingdom, so that's roughly 49 years ago, because October 1st, it'll be 50 um, whereas the one in Disneyland opened in 1969, so just a couple years earlier. So we actually don't ride this one every time we go. And I know some of you are listening going, what? How can you guys be Walt Disney World fans and not ride this every time you go? Well, simply put, Chanel gets so scared that she just cries and cries and cries for days. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, it's not her favorite attraction, so we've been known to skip it a time or two based on the length of the wait. And uh but I would give it I would give it one and a half thumbs up for me. Okay, so if I'm crying and crying on this ride, Caleb is definitely crying and crying on Splash Mountain and Big Thunder and all that. <laughs> um I I know I need to get ready to duck here because this is, you know, a very much beloved and defended ride. Uh, it's just, I just, it's not my cup of tea. Um, I can appreciate the history. I can appreciate the artistry. I can even appreciate some of the, like, behind-the-scenes details and facts that I've learned over the years about the ride and what went into putting it together. I love some of those stories, but it's just, it's not, it's just not a thing for me. So it's... No thumbs for me, no shaky hand. I mean, I won't say that I absolutely hate it, but I'm just, it's not my thing. So I will ride it at times if, you know, if the group all wants to do it, I'll do it. Um, Do I find it creepy? 
Yeah, a little. It's Disney creepy. I'll call it that, Disney creepy. So if you can imagine what that means, it's obviously not so scary that I'm going to have nightmares about it by any means. But I just don't care for things that celebrate death and dying and, I don't know, (laughs) darkness. Um, Things of a dark nature. Um, So... It's just for me, it's it's like whatever. I, I can take it or leave it. Um, I'd rather spend my time on other things. But um, I can, you know, I can appreciate it for what it is. And I understand that it's very beloved for a lot of people. So you have no heart. <laughs> All right. So that's our list of attractions. Liberty Square has three attractions. Uh, and and that's that's our takes on them. Love us or hate us, that's what we feel. So we're going to move on now to dining because that's what we bout. We bout it, bout it. Um, And we're going to start. Let's start with the three that are currently open, and let's end with the one that's currently closed. So, um, again, taking these things as they come on the map, Liberty uh, Liberty Tree Tavern. I was trying to speak and look at the notes at the same time, and I looked at a different note than normal. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Different line. Uh, Liberty Tree Tavern. Uh, so this is a really cool uh, colonial-style inn serving traditional New England-inspired fare. Uh, to me, I describe it like Thanksgiving dinner uh, because that's basically what you're getting. And I we, we loved it. So we ate here... Um, I can't remember what year it was when we went, but it was when we went for Christmas kind of time. a Christmas time. Uh, it was pre-Christmas, not quite Christmas yet. We're not that crazy. Uh, but it was Christmas time, Christmas decor. And we thought that this would be like the perfect, like I don't know, place to eat for a Christmas-type meal. So we did, and it did not disappoint. And currently... Uh, at the Liberty Tree Tavern, it is, you know, open. Um, some things are slightly different because, of course, our beloved friend COVID and uh, all the things that it's done to change things. But uh, based on the reviews that I've seen, things look really excellent. Um, it is kind of an all-you-care-to-enjoy bi- uh, bill of fare, if you're looking at the menu. Um, they do definitely take into account uh, various... Um, dietary restrictions so it this this menu is all about meat but if you're not a meat eater if you are uh, vegetarian or vegan or somewhere you know else as far as your your eating requirements um, there's lots of things that you can substitute and and they will take care of you real well Um, so it starts off with a salad they call it the declaration salad there's going to be lots of puns in this menu. Uh, but for $39 per adult plus tax and gratuity, you get um, all you want to enjoy as far as the salad. You can get more salad if you're just a salad lover. Uh, the Patriot's Platter, roasted turkey breast, pot roast, and oven roasted pork with mashed potatoes, seasonal vegetables, herb stuffing, and house-made macaroni and cheese. Uh, and gravy poured profusely. And then for dessert, the ooey-gooey toffee cake. I don't know why they stopped with the puns at ooey gooey toffee cake. That makes no sense. Um, but um, if you order the all you care to enjoy plant based taverns keepers feast, that's a mouthful. Uh, you can get impossible meatloaf with all the vegetables and sides, 
And then for dessert, you can get the Johnny Appleseed's warm apple cake. Now, if they had apple pie, they would have me. Um, I mean, they already have me because I'm, I, I would love to eat this place again because it's so tasty. Um, but yeah, I, I give this one, um, I'll give it a thumbs up. I'm not going to give it a two thumbs up because I, you know, there's very few places, uh, eating wise that I give two thumbs up. So Chanel, what do you think? I'm going to, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to give it a really solid hearty thumbs up. Like a George Washington thumb. Like a George Washington thumb for sure. Um, I do, I uh, it's been a while since we've had this, but it was sort of a holiday meal that we shared there because, like Caleb said, we were there around the Christmas season. And so that was really nice. We had dinner there. Um, I believe we were eating there like during the parade or we were coming out during a parade because I remember being kind of trapped there momentarily. But there was it was lots of food. We were definitely stuffed. Like Caleb said, it very much felt like a holiday, like Thanksgiving or Christmas meal, very much so. The interior decor um, just fit that bill as well. You know, very colonial feeling, very early American, which I love. And so it was very good. Was it Was it my favorite meal in Magic? Is it my favorite meal in Magic Kingdom? I, I'll say no, but it, but it was very good. Um, I just saved that, you know, I'm kind of like Caleb trying to be selective at least meal wise with my double thumbs up but this is really solid um I would say that um I don't know that I would want this all the time for a a big meal or maybe a big humongous lunch because it's a lot of I mean think about having a Thanksgiving meal and then walking around Disneyland um maybe maybe that's for some but uh I, I think it's a it's a hefty amount of food and it's a hefty style of food caleb's coming in yeah i'd just be very impressed if you ate at liberty tree tavern and then walked around disneyland seeing as they're on totally opposite coasts but if you somehow managed to do that i would be super impressed forgive my faux pas (laughs) you can't make a mistake like that um okay so one thing i wanted to mention um this place and of course i had to look this up uh but Liberty Tree Tavern has six rooms, uh, and each one commemorates a pivotal figure in U.S. history. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, John Paul Jones, Paul Revere, Betsy Ross, and George Washington. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't remember which room we ate in, uh, but I've seen a few of them on video, and they're all really cool looking. So, Moving on, why don't we... Just briefly mention, we don't really have to talk about it, but Liberty Square Market. So this is one of those permanent kiosks that we have been mentioning. Um, And this is one of those places where you can get a turkey leg, which both me and Chanel are just like, why? We don't get it. But there seems to be some kind of a cult following around the turkey leg. Um, But this is where you can also get fruit and other snacks and all that good stuff. So uh, it doesn't need or require any type of review or rating because it's just a cart. So get your Diet Coke there. Um, Next is Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. So this one uh, is not always the most known place for dining in Liberty Square because people tend to forget about it, not see it, not notice it. It is tucked away a little bit, um, but it is a rather pleasant surprise um, and has some great options. So it's located probably closer uh, to the little bridge area that heads back to the hub uh, from Liberty Square or from 
if you're walking, there's a little path you can get on and, and head to the castle. So a little tucked away, uh, but it does have a decent menu. It is more of like a snack option type of uh, place, although I think that some of the items have now gone up to uh, quick service pricing if you're looking at it from the perspective of the dining plan. Uh, so for breakfast, uh, you can get yourself a fresh fruit waffle sandwich served with strawberries, bananas, blueberries, ch- chocolate hazelnut spread, you know, Nutella, but for copyright reasons, um, or any other type of waffle type of goodie or a funnel cake. Uh, but what we like is at, you know, later on in the day, snack time, um, you can get the sweet and spicy chicken waffle sandwich. Uh, It has slightly changed since the last time that we had it, Um, and it does change, I think, occasionally as far as, like, how they fix it up. So currently, it's got a honey sriracha glaze on the chicken, and it's got a broccoli slaw on it. I I don't think it was a broccoli slaw the last time we had it. And it's served inside a waffle. Delicious. And occasionally, and I think right now is one of those times, they will offer hand-dipped corn dogs. This is the only location in Magic Kingdom where you can find a hand-dipped corn dog. Now, in Disneyland, that's more of a thing. Um, you know, they've got a couple places you can get that, and it's more known for it, less so at, at Walt Disney World. Uh, but this would be, I, in fact, this might be the only location at Walt Disney World, maybe with the exception of Disney Springs, where you can get a hand-dipped corn dog. So if you're looking for that, Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. I give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I I think Caleb ordered this, and I had a few bites of it, and definitely it was very good. Definitely recommend that this little spot. Um, great snacks, great um, sweet or savory options. So definitely check it out. Absolutely. All right. So now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Uh, we are going to talk about Columbia Harbor House. This is our favorite dining location in Magic Kingdom. Dun, 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 fireworks, everything. Uh, so it's funny because uh, the food here uh, is probably not like the most amazing food that will blow you away, although we do enjoy it. Uh, it's It's all about the atmosphere here. So Columbia Harbor House... Um, is nautically themed. I don't know if nautically is a word, but it is now. And one of the fun things about this dining location uh, is definitely, uh, I don't know, dare I say it even? I don't know. I don't really want to give this away. But uh, if if the downstairs is full, I would suggest maybe you look a little higher. That's about all I'll give you. Uh, because there's there's more you know seats available uh but it the theming of this restaurant is just super fun um and i we've eaten at it pretty much every time we've gone to disney world i i think every time uh this will be likely the only time where we've skipped it part of that is because currently it is unavailable they have not announced when it's coming back, but I can tell you straight up when it does, I'll probably do a little happy dance even here in New York. So I definitely suggest it. Really fun stuff. And this is uh, where you can get a little bit of seafood. Um, 
mostly everything is fried, uh, so I'm down with that. But what I typically get um, is the trio platter, and this is a combination of uh, fried shrimp, breaded chicken nuggets, and battered fish, served with hush puppies and your choice of green beans and carrots or french fries. So I typically go all brown and all fried, and I get the french fries for my side. Uh, not a lot of color on my plate, uh, but it's absolutely delicious. One of the few places that you can also find some HP sauce, I think. I think they still have HP sauce for my British peeps. Uh, but you can definitely get um, uh, you can definitely get some malt vinegar uh, to go with your fish and chips because really that's what it's all about here. Um, the the chicken nuggets that come with it are just kind of a, a fun throw in because I'm not a massive chicken nugget fan. Uh, but you give me the option of all three of these, and I'm just a happy camper. Uh, as well, you can get things like lobster rolls, um, some other healthier options that maybe you don't really find at some of the other quick service places like grilled salmon, uh, a grilled shrimp skewer, uh, the harbor salad. You can get that with chicken, but, you know, all really great options. And then they also have a plant-based sandwich called the Lighthouse Sandwich, which is hummus with tomato and broccoli slaw served on a toasted multigrain bread. So lots of cool options here. We love it. I think we even managed to snag something that Olive seemed to enjoy. So I think we we did all right with this one with the really picky eater. So this is two thumbs up and two big toes up for me. We really do love this restaurant. Our first time there, we sort of just stumbled into it because we were hungry. We were in the area, and that's what we walked into. And so... We walked in, much to our delight. They had fish and chips on the menu, and like Caleb said, chicken chicken strips and other things. I feel like the menu over the years has changed and and maybe added some things and become a little bit more um, a little bit more palate pleasing, a little bit more culinary discerning, I suppose. Not just fish and chips and chicken tenders. But um, it is that that's kind of the the main crux of the thing is is fish and chips and chicken tenders and nuggets and things like that. But like Caleb said, there's some other things. There's there's some salmon. There's a lobster roll, and so there there's some good things there. Um, like Caleb said, what we really love about it probably is the atmosphere. The food is solid, um, and the atmosphere is just really fun. Uh, when we first went, it was it was not very busy at all. And I just happened to realize that there was upstairs seating, which I'm always in favor of. And we found a quiet little spot near a window overlooking front, um, not frontier land. I'm sorry, overlooking fantasy land with uh, little window boxes and little flowers and just enjoying looking out of the window on a sunny day with the flower boxes there feeling like, you know, this sort of Nantucket, um, Oceanside, uh, you know, Northeast vibe going on, nautical, there's the word I'm looking for, you know, just feeling like you're, I don't know, somewhere um, in the Atlantic North Coast somewhere, um, just enjoying your fish and chips or enjoying your lobster roll or what have you. And it's, like like Caleb said, really solid. I love that they have malt vinegar to go with because I am a huge malt vinegar fan. And 
I just love the theming of this restaurant. Over-the-top, nautical-themed, maps on the walls, everything and anything having to do with that sort of theming is just I put me in that and I'm I'm a happy camper. So really love it. The last time we ate here, um, like Caleb said, I think we eat here like almost every time every time we go to Magic Kingdom. The last time we went, it was really crowded and I was disappointed because that you just sort of lose some of the ambiance when it's overly crowded, you know. You've got a lot of people, you got a lot of restaurant chatter, and you just can't see and enjoy all the views in the restaurant as you know, you can't see all of the things as well. So, and, and I couldn't get a beloved window table because of that. So, you know, if you're there at a really crowded time, it's maybe not quite as fun, but it's still a great place to eat and some good fish and chips. Yeah. So that, that rounds it up for us. As far as the dining, we would definitely suggest it. If it is open your next time you're in magic kingdom, hit up Columbia Harbor house and let us know what you think. I, I, I think it Jen generally is well uh, appreciated by people who eat there. Um, you know, all the big hitters in the Disney blogosphere and YouTube sphere uh, really seem to enjoy it. And, you know, it's still that fun atmosphere, I think, that keeps us coming back for more. Uh, moving on to some shopping, because we have set that precedent um, about, you know, looking at the shops and, and gift shops or whatever that are available on these attractions and uh, just in the general area of these lands. Uh, Ye old Christmas shop. So this is a little shop that we always stop in, though I don't think we've ever purchased anything. Have we? Nope. We have a Christmas decoration, but we must have got that at somewhere else. But, um, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, so Ye old Christmas Shop, uh, it, it's a, a cool shop. We like it, but it's it's for us. It's always been kind of like window shopping, um, but I, you know, for atmosphere and fun, uh, we haven't really been rating these. But I'll give it a thumbs up because it's. I think it's a cool shop. It's a cool shop to go in. I here's here's some more of my curmudgeon curmudgeonness. I'm not. Uh, hugely into Disney decor for in the home. Uh, I don't mind a little bit of it well-placed. Some of the things that they've come out to in recent years, I, I could appreciate and I could I could probably get with some of those things. But um, I'm really not one to have a tree that's decked out in Disney. Um, it's just not uh, my taste so much. So this shop, Ye Old Christmas Shop, it's all Disney ornaments. It's all Disney themed ornaments, you know, big glass bulbs and things like that. That's another just maybe it's a weird quirk for me. Maybe a lot of people other agree, but I don't like to have like one random glass ball that doesn't match others. Like if I'm going to have a glass ball Christmas ornament, I've got to have at least one or two other matching ones, like just to have that rando glass bulb. It just, I don't know. It just, um, it does something to me on the inside. So to, to go and get like a big Disney bulb with Mickey ears on top of it that I'm paying, you know, 30 bucks for and going to have to ship and all that. It's just not, and it's not my cup of tea, but a lot of people love that. So if that's you, if you always are going to want a, um, Christmas tree souvenir, uh, it's great. Definitely check it out. Um, I, I saying that though, I do have Disney ornaments on my tree. Um, I have to be somewhat of a team player. And Olive has a beloved Mike and Sully ornament on the tree. 
that I just have to grin and bear it over a little bit. And I do have a small set, like a very small fit in the palm of your hand set of Mickey, like classic Mickey ears. You know what I'm talking about? From Disneyland. But it's just the ears. They're like little felt ears. They look like an exact copy of what like the original Mouseketeers would have worn. They say Disneyland and the classic Disneyland you know, font, the classic Disneyland writing. And that's all they are. And I love those. And I've never been able to find a pair just like it that say Disney World. And I would love that. But at Disney World, all I can ever find are ones that are attached to a massive glass bulb. And I just don't want that. So I'm on the hunt. If I find that, I will get that a small little set of ears that say Walt Disney World. That's it for me. All righty. So the last shop on the list here is Memento Mori, which is the gift shop as you exit um, the Haunted Mansion. I, I guess there's some nice you know, trinkets there, some unique things. Um, we've never purchased anything from there. Um, nothing that really strikes my fancy. There, I, I would say there are some unique things there that aren't in some of the other shops. So if, that, if the Haunted Mansion ride is your ride, then this is probably your shop. So check that out. Um, I neither have a thumbs up or a thumbs down because it is what it is. Any thoughts on that? Same. Same. So uh, that does it for us as far as Liberty Square. And I'm kind of peeking ahead here at Fantasyland because that's next for us. And oh boy, there are 10 attractions in Fantasyland. I'm not sure we're going to be able to fit all that in one episode because we just spent 30 five minutes on three attractions Oof, this could be interesting we might have to do a part one part two i don't know we'll see um but we'll get to that when we get to it but uh we're looking forward to that as we continue our journey through the magic kingdom and as always the the best way you can support our podcast is by booking your next vacation whether it's disney related or otherwise with that vacation company And we would love to put something together for you, a quote, if you will, no obligation. Uh, You're not bound to it, that type of thing, and it's free. Uh, So reach out to us. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation. And we would love it if it was a magical vacation to the most magical place on Earth, Walt Disney World. We are that vacation company serving you the most delightful destinations. 